Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. I'm your host, Wim Lu, and I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. The morning, the day after, I guess it's not morning, um, but the day after the Raptors lose, once again, by playing very little defense at home at Scotiabank Arena. Alex, what's going on, my brother? Oh, brother, man. This is a, this is a last show for me and you this year. And the vibes are, are negative 20 Celsius uh, plus mm. wind chill right now. You know, I went to Not Tim Horns. Weather, bro. It's, it's like went, 10 degrees today. Went, went to <laughs> Tim Horns earlier. I might scoot to the arena. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See you at the arena tonight. You know, one one last one for the road for the mm. year 2022. You know, went to Tim Horns this morning and, you know, ran into to our guy Vivek Jacob and then had a 25-minute oh, okay. conversation about the Raptors, which I was hoping to oh, avoid wow. today. And then remembered I got to do this show as well. You know, they, you know, the Raptors should scrap the McDonald's promotion because uh, as I'm checking now, so they also didn't hit – it seemed like they hit a lot of threes last night. I guess it was just Gary. They had 10, 10 threes yesterday. They should do a Tim Horns promotion where every time an opposing big gets a double-double, we get a free double-double. Mm. You know, I like that. I like that because that's probably going to happen tonight with DeAndre Ayton coming in. Oh, uh, man. DeAndre. Oh, head to Bet Rivers right now. Check, head to <laughs> Bet Rivers right now. Check the rebounds. Uh, no, I thought you were going to say that, uh, you know, when, when the Raptors give up 120 or more, there should be like an Advil campaign where you get free, like, you know, just headache pills or something. Because, like, I just don't understand. Like, the defense can't be this bad. Like, when you walk through it, too, and, and Nick kind of touched on it uh, post game. Just talking about the effort. Like, there's not even effort. Forget the fact that the Raptors tried different things schematically. Honestly, it didn't really look like much, right? Like, it was, you know, they put a box and one on 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 John Morant. Uh, he ends up with 17 assists. Like, you want to make him pass? You want to make him play smart? Okay, cool. He's just going to c- cut in for occasional dunks, but he's going to distribute 17 assists. That might be more than the Raptors' total as a team. Oh, the Raptors had 21. Okay, so that's not bad, but close. Oh, wow, they just won one guy was close. Yeah. Um, yeah, just against one player. Um but yeah, just the effort defensively, like the stats are out there. Like the Raptors over the last 10 games have a defensive rating uh, that is 29th in the NBA. It's only like marginally ahead of Detroit for 30th, right? And the Raptors only have two wins in that stretch. Every single game at home, they play with no defensive intensity. And look, listen, like I, I think the, the Grizzlies are clearly a really good team. They, they shot the ball well, uh, although they were very open. They got a lot of offensive rebounds. They were on the fast break all game. Um, so, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from how they played, but the Raptors defensively don't even give themselves a chance. I keep saying that over and over again after all these games. You see the Clipper game. You see the Kings game. You see the Warriors game. You see this game. Like, you can't be giving up 120 in your building every single night. Like, don't you have, like, some sort of – Isn't does, does the building not stand for anything? Does, does it not, like, pound the rock? kind of thing do we have to put the rock back in the building like what's going on that they just give up 120 every game alex explain this to me man yeah shows shows to zoe security guard you know still still putting in the grind at the arena but you 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 don't even have to say this i mean you you mentioned like nick nurse is saying this you know after yesterday's game saying that the effort was pretty unacceptable and he said quote lately we've just been lacking playing to our identity and i guess before i even read the rest of the quote like what identity do the Raptors even have right now? Okay. And like, I, I, okay, listen, like, I know, I know there's a lot of disappointment, not just for yesterday, but this whole stretch of play. And I know you were saying yesterday during the game that, you know, th- this team's got to be better than this. Any team's got to be better than this, right? Is, is, mm. is, is what you said. And it's like, at what point do we just not have expectations for this team in the moment? Like, we keep saying, 
you know, last year they were on this stretch of struggling and they ended up finishing with 48 wins. But I feel like we got to let that stuff go. Like this is totally different set of circumstances right now. Like this is a totally different team in a totally different space. And I think, you know, there's, there's always two sets of expectations for teams like in the moment and looking long-term, you know, I, I feel like it's time to just start looking long-term because I don't know what the expectations are for this team right now for this season. Yeah, no. Um, I, I think first off the, the clinging to the trend last year, I, the whole idea of this year was that they went through their growing pains last year and then they're going to take that step forward this year, right? Like the goal coming into this season wasn't, Hey, let's just have what we did last season. In fact, let's actually have, a dip in the middle of the season and then try to rebound from that and finish the the second half of the year as one of the best teams in the league. Um, that doesn't mean that it's off the table. I think obviously that the same group has that capability. And I believe that because they showed it to me last year. However, let's, we don't need to move the goalposts. Like the goalposts were what they were. Like the goalpost was like, they won 48 games last year. Can you get to 50, right? Can you challenge for home court advantage in the playoffs right now? They're not even in the play-in race, you know? And, and so, it's stuff like that where I, I don't want to shift the goalposts because that kind of just takes the takes the onus off of this team. I mean, the reason why people pay these strong prices to go to these games is because the Raptors have been a winning product for the better part of the last decade, right? There's standards in that building. Like, I mean, the Raptors record in Toronto must be like at least 60, 65% in the last decade. And that didn't get to that point with them playing this little defense. Like this current crew no matter who's out there, and it's not like the Raptors are so banged up. Like, yes, of course, the Grizzlies were healthier than the Raptors. Of course, the Raptors have never been fully healthy, but Nick himself even admitted it. Fully healthy is just not something that's going to happen in the modern NBA, especially if not for the Raptors. So you're going to have to, like, compete with whoever you got. And when you look at some of the plays last night, like, there, there's almost no pride. Like, there was a jump ball in the in, in the Raptors. Like, the Raptors were on offense. They had the ball tied up, so it's a jump ball in the on the Grizzlies' basket, right, at the free throw line. On the tip, Steven Adams immediately wins it and hard taps it all the way into the other end where John Morant breaks free behind OJ Anobi for a wide open dunk. Literally, you are on a jump ball scenario on offense and you have given up a transition dunk within two seconds of the jump ball. How does that happen? Right? Or Chris Boucher takes a three, misses it. But he doesn't sprint back, and Steven Adams, of all people, is breaking ahead of the entire play and dunking the ball in transition. I've never, I've watched Steven Adams play in the NBA for like a decade plus. I remember him coming into the league as a rookie on OKC. I've never seen this man go ahead for so many breakaway dunks, man. This is not, not his game. <laughs> like, it was unbelievable. And there was a stretch there in the third quarter where the Raptors really got just, just destroyed and taken apart. There was a three-minute span between seven minutes and four minutes where literally the Grizzlies got six straight layups or dunks. And I'm saying or dunks because it's actually five dunks and uh, and one layup. In, for six straight baskets, you are just giving up dunks and layups for three minutes. How is that possible? Right? Like, th- yeah. just, there has to be some it's, pride that goes into this. No, it's it's possible. Like, your people are watching. Not... Like, you know that, right? Like, there's 18,000 people watching you and then, like, uh, uh, like six digits maybe like a million plus people watching you elsewhere no, they've this, seen this you guys giving this. me the nelson tv ratings right now man chill man. I, I mean yeah I, but I yeah i just can't believe it i can't believe no it. man the, you know it happens because this team is not together this team is not connected like you know they've already had their players only meetings they've already had all this chatter 
about playing better, about sticking together. Like clearly they're not sticking together. Like even thinking about last year, all the comparisons, when when even they were struggling, like before the trade deadline, before they went on a run, like you remember that stretch when Nick was playing six guys. And like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there was a, there was a time when he wasn't getting a lot of results. And I think, you know, we always pointed at triple over, was it triple overtime or double overtime? I don't remember. Triple in Miami. Overtime. Yeah, triple yeah. when they won the game. But it's like they had a squad then, right? Like it was a squad of six guys. But like you knew that you could play those guys for like 58 minutes and you could compete with Uh, Miami. You could compete with Philadelphia. You could compete with Dallas. Like there was a compete. Yeah, yeah, there was a compete level there, right? Like there was Mm -hmm. a togetherness level there. There's none of that right now. There's none of that right now. And people can be like, oh, you know, body language. Like you guys aren't in the locker room. You can't see those things. Well, the coach is talking talking about about effort. The coach is talking about effort. And, you know, we, we see it clearly on the court and we've seen it repeatedly so it, it, it's just gotten to the point where it's like whatever the deeper problems are you know wh- wh- whether you know the players are, are just you know disconnected you know between or something between the coaches and the players or they're waiting for the front office to make a move like i think it's just reached that point where we should be expecting expecting something like something something has to change because we've been waiting for something to change just internally within this group and it's just not happening like maybe they are going to pull it together by some miracle. But like right now, it's, they just seem so far away from being even a competent team. Yeah, no. And, and it starts with like, look, first off, you're at a talent disadvantage like most nights. Can we can we be honest about that? Like even last year when the Raptors were a successful team, they did so by playing much harder than the opponent. Like what the Raptors, you know, suffered last night against the Grizzlies. That's what the Raptors used to do last season. Uh, 17 offensive rebounds get out on the fast break and, and and really just like, you know, work your way into some of these wins, right? You can't be the team with less talent, especially now with some injuries. You you're definitely have less talent. You definitely cannot be that team and then also not play hard. You can't give yourself these plays. And we're, oh, look, we're, we might, you might think about it as individual plays within the context of the game. Like each one of these plays, like Pascal Siakam doesn't pick up Desmond Bain for in transition for three, like just straight up not matching up. And then Bain walks in for an open three. Or like OJ Anobi scores a three, so the Grizzlies are inbounding, and somehow they get Jaron Jackson Jr. in transition ahead of everybody in the pack. Again, off a make where they have to inbound from their own basket, they find Jaron Jackson Jr. wide open in transition for an alley oop dunk. That's not even transition. You just scored. There should be no transition. You should be half court offense right after that, right? Or like Jaw doesn't stop, or Gary doesn't stop John Morant. With the ball and trash, literally doesn't pick him up, never stops him. He's going vertical the whole time, drives all the way into the paint, and then finds Steven Adams for another lob dunk. You know, or, you know, OJ Anobi tries to throw a bounce pass through two defenders, turns it over, and then the Grizzlies go the other way for John Morant dunk. Like, there's so many of these mistakes where you are not even giving yourself a chance to be competitive. Like, the Raptors scrapped last night. Like, there wasn't, I'm not trying to say there was no effort because anybody who saw the fourth quarter, there was effort. Okay. In fact, there was a possession that I clipped where Malachi drove in, tried to dump and dish. It was disrupted. Then Malachi's on the floor diving for a loose ball. Then Chris Boucher dies for a loose ball. Then Scotty's in the mix for a loose ball. Then the ball, fortunate to bounce out to the perimeter. Gary swings it to Jeff Downton, who drives, kicks it back out to Malachi, wide open three. He airballs the three. Then then Scotty beats out someone else for the offensive rebound, puts it in right before the clock expires. Like There's a lot of effort that goes into that. But all the effort literally goes to waste when you are just giving up so many other chances going the other way they're not even giving themselves a chance to compete and that's the disappointing thing like this is stuff that any team can control with all due respect to how fast jaw is in transition or how tall steven adams is on a jump ball 
you still can't give up a play where the guy just taps it for the like, I've never seen that before, man. It's it's stuff like that where it's just you're not giving yourself a chance to compete. And that's the disappointing thing. Like ultimately at the end of the day, like people are paying money to come see this game. And no, I'm not no saying that we need no, you to no, win. No one's but been, no one's no one's been more worried. No one's been more worried about the paying customer than you, man. Like, I'm, it's, it's I'm worried about the paying wild, customer. Man. I'm worried about the paying customer. That's you know so... what this is right now? This is uh what the last night's game was the 29th, right? So how many people on Christmas was opening their gifts and then they presented their kid or their brother or their family something where they're like, "Yo, here you go, two tickets to go see the Raptors," and you're like, "Wow, what a great thing! Thank you. That's a great gift. Obviously, it's hard for people to get down to games these days." During the holidays, the, the tickets are even more expensive just because obviously people are more free. That's a high demand game. And guess what? You get to go see John Morant. You get to see, you know, the Grizzlies. They're really good. You know, Dylan Brooks is probably going to yell at me in the first row. That's fine. You know, that's part of the experience, I suppose. And then you go to the game and then you see this. Yeah, listen, man. My, 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 nephews, are, my nephews are going to their first Raptors game next Wednesday. So, you know, shouts to Justine Jones. Let's get those core side passes. But, like, okay, yeah. you know, I, I, I need the Raptors to play better. You know, I, I can't have them. I can't have my nephews, you know, spending their own hard-earned generation wealth money. And then, you know, for this to happen. But, like, yeah, no, like, <laughs> nah, you know. They're going like, to be playing Pokemon <laughs> Scarlet during the third quarter. Nah, shouts to the BOGO. No, shouts to Dylan Brooks, man, the Mississauga Draymond Green. Just just an, another iconic performance last night. But I'm with you. And wow. it's like, you talk about, listen, you talk about effort. I get it. I'm not letting the team mm-hmm. off the hook on that. But it's, oh, man. It's just like when I'm looking at, I'm looking at the Grizzlies roster compared to the Raptors roster. Oh, too, right? Like Come you on. look at the way the roster, like, oh, my. They can bring a whole starting lineup off the bench, man. Like I'm looking at guys like Tyus Jones. And even my guy Santi Aldama. Nah, this like, guy's down have... bad for Santi Aldama. <laughs> yo, nah, maybe one their... Santi Aldama fact, man. That's their Utah Watanabe, man. And no, and you look at their starting lineup, like they filled out all the positions well. Like there's there's just a connectivity there. And this is what this Raptors team was supposed to be. Like, were we not back in August? Just pulling that clip of Paul George at the Rico Hines run, just complimenting everybody's complimenting the Raptors. You know, Scotty was picking up James Harden like you know full court at these pickup runs, and everybody was expecting a carryover from last season, and all that stuff has evaporated. And you look at this whole entire month; they've got four wins somehow. But like, I don't know, man. Like they beat Orlando after a players only meeting. They beat the South Bay Lakers, and you know, if if you want to be a cynic about it, they need a fifty-two to squeeze out a win from Pascal to squeeze out a win in New York. And they needed an offensive explosion to beat Cleveland. I'm not trying to take credit away, but it's like you got to look at the whole body of work. Like they have been absolutely terrible for an entire month now. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the the part of the season where you either play yourself into a tank and you literally tell the front office, hey, we're not worth investing in. Or you actually show them something and show that you're worth you know, adding to this group. And and look, this is the opportunity. I'm not going to say definitively what is going to be at the end of it because we don't know, but we have a pretty strong inkling based on what we're seeing of late, which way they're going to go with this, right? And and this the, the group has to show itself to be worthy of that investment. I thought last year, for example, if we're going to go back to this analogy of the last season, guess what? Around this time last season, the Raptors really rounded into form started playing super hard even when they lost you felt good about it right like like the for example the Devin Booker game where it was empty arena and and you know Devin gets into it with the, the you know the Raptor for for jumping in an empty arena although it wasn't empty you and I were there um but like they they lost that game but ultimately it was super hard fought nobody was upset about it in fact I, I really loved the way the Raptors played in in January in February and that really turned their season around they found that identity again 
I believe that it's still within them, but they just are not accessing it at all right now. And whether that's like a coaching thing, whether that's like the leaders in the team got to inspire them, whether that's honestly, we, we talked about the leaders and we talked about the coaches at the end of the day, like you're responsible for yourself in life, right? Like, you know, like all these guys who are, who are playing, getting some playing time, you know, it's, it's fun to remind me of that Tampa season where you look at the roster at the end of it and you're like, wow, how many of these guys are going to get NBA contracts in a year from now, in two years from now? Right. When you looked at it, you were like, Stanley Johnson, was he is he gonna be in the NBA two years from now? Actually, he is right now. Low key. He's on he's on the, the Spurs. I actually saw him play the other day. Was was actually okay. Um, but like, you know, DeAndre Bembry, is he in the league anymore? You know, uh, you know, uh, Freddie Gillespie is in the league anymore. Is, is Jalen Harris in the league anymore? Is uh Rodney Hood in the league anymore? Is uh who else was on that roster? Um, there's somebody I'm forgetting that was actually fairly prominent. But my point is, oh, Baines. Is Aaron Baines on the roster in, in the NBA anymore? No. And my point is, like, when I was thinking about that Tampa season as well, it's like, oh, no matter what, even if you're losing, even the circumstances aren't great, you still have a chance right now to be in the NBA to, to get some minutes because the team is now bad, show something. And it's not like, oh, the coach's fault or the system's fault or the schedule's fault or whoever. Ultimately, it's your own responsibility to come in and provide. Some of these plays are, are so basic and fundamental, you'd expect that out of a high school team. Right. So they're ultimately responsible for themselves. And that's to me, I'm just like watching young 20 year olds who are trying to make it in the league and make their dreams happen and and make secure themselves generational wealth. You have like 15 minutes to show something for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 15 actual minutes off the bench. But no, like a bunch of starting games. No, listen. Listen, you can confirm this, man. When I saw the starting lineup graphic yesterday and Wancho and Christian Coloco was in the in the starting lineup, I told you Grizzlies by 22. And it's it's hard, uh, you know, it's it, it's tough to be to know that you know th- this team, this Raptors team, is just so predictable right now. Like, like they're, they're, I don't know, man. Like, even if they're not trying to to punt on this season and stuff, like they just need to get they need to get a center at this point. Like they just do for the necessity of this like roster. Yeah. And listen, I, I've seen a lot of pushback on this. And my point with the let's get a center, right? Because my, my thing was, I'm a fan. I'm watching a vi- and the visceral reaction of seeing Steven Adams. Like, he's not even just like boxing a guy out. He's just, bro, he's grabbing these crowd. rebounds one handed <laughs> with three guys <laughs> hanging on to him. Like, like holy. it's so funny. Go back and watch possessions where the shot goes up and Steven Adams is in the game. Guys are literally trying to like box him out and they're bouncing off of him. Like he's like, they're trying to box out. A There's wall two Raptors on the ground. Like every other possession, <laughs> like it's so, wild. So I'm watching like OG and Pascal try to box out this like gigantic mountain of a man. And it's like, okay, all right. So first off, we really can't control Hagrid over here. Like Hagrid's legit just dominating us on the glass. But like, like, okay, we got to actually put something in the middle not to like save the season not to say that like oh this is going to make his championship contenders just to make this a palatable product right like whether it's this year whether it's next year when the next opportunity comes to get a decent center like i'm not even asking for like a a max level center i'm not even asking for a steven adams level center but just anybody who's going to able to come in and the center position and do something for you not that young at center who can't really jump at his age not Christian Coloco, who is way too inexperienced for the league at the current moment, really needs to bulk up physically. Not Ken Birch, who is on his way out the league. Not Chris Boucher, who's not a five. Not Pascal, who's not a five. Not OJ, who's not a five. Bring in an actual five. You know? Yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not saying like you just get these guys out of thin air, but you have like a mid-level exception. You have trade you know, exceptions. You have pieces that you can flip. You know, look at how many centers change teams year after year. 
just just one just just one because the the, the the track record right now it's aaron baines it's alex len it's freddie gillespie it is uh christian coloco it's uh cam birch and then it's guys who are like precious thad chris or scotty who are being asked to play center enough it's it's three years like it's three years not enough like how much abuse do you want to see og and pascal take these are these guys are supposed to like carry your offense and other than they gotta they gotta wrestle steven adams like this is <laughs> oh man come no, on man no I, th- that has to be discouraging for the guys too right like I, I think when you're being asked to play these different roles and again it just goes back to role definition and what what, what the front office wants to do with this roster and i, and I think back too to, to something that you know oren weisfeld the big o you know mentioned earlier this year too in one of the stories that he wrote and it's about like how the Raptors have always been on this track of wanting to do two things at once, right? Like, like win in the moment and also develop. And I think Oren said this too, but like, clearly that is not going to happen with this roster. Like, like you look at, you look at like Christian Coloco starting games this year and, you know, finding his way. You look at even Scotty being Mm -hmm. put at different positions, playing point guard and in playing center. Those are developmental tracks for, for the younger players, right? But if you are doing those things, like you're not going to be winning a lot of games this year. So I, I just think it, they just have to reframe the season in, in a way as a developmental season. Then if, if the ship has sailed for them to do anything this year and, and really lean into those things, like I, I do think they just have to make a call on that because but then on the flip side, like you look at your core and you say, OK, Pascal, you know, you throw OG in there and Scotty as well. And then you have to look at it long term and be like, how do we build around this? And do we start making those changes at the trade deadline? I think it's way harder for them to make kind of wholesale changes and really retool this whole roster midseason. I think the offseason is a better place for that. But again, like, you know, we know like Masai famously, you know, the playing for what and all this stuff like they're 11th right now. And unless they start getting it together, like we're reaching the halfway point of the season and it's getting to a point where, you know, the, the ceiling for this team is like maybe getting out of the play in. And I'm not sure that's a position that they want to be in. So, like, I do think the next thing up is on the front office now to, to kind of make a call on this roster. Yeah. And, and I think the the part where I sympathize with them is they've put a lot of work into developing these pieces right the Raptors whole identity is taking players in and improving them right and of course it doesn't happen for every single player but generally speaking there's been a lot of success stories and the guys that are the the backbone of this team right now OG Pascal Fred these guys are guys who are developmental success stories who have really made themselves into something to the point where they're now leaders of the team no one expected that at all yeah but where's where's the next where's the next graduating class because we've been talking about that class right like we've oh, talked uh... about the Pascal Fred, right? Like who who has been the next up, right? And this is this is honestly less of a criticism of the front office, but just more like how hard it is to contend in the NBA when you go go this track. Sure. Like the Raptors sure. have never been a free agent destination, you know, shouts to Otto Porter's toe. And, you know, that's always the cheat code for teams, right? Like, you know, like a Miami or even the Lakers. Like even if you're struggling, make a lot of mistakes, you sign a superstar and you're on your way. The Raptors have never had that. And they've had to, you know, in this market, do what they've done in the past decade, which is develop, and internally and and then you know luck out you know not luck out but like being the right right spot to make a trade for like a Kawhi but I think what we're realizing now and and again I don't think this is this is toward the Raptors front office it's just hard in the NBA like that's a really hard way to sustain contending and and I think they're learning that now yeah they're learning that but I think at the same time I trust them to actually do that as well 
but what what's been really special over the last like decade or so because we're essentially saying let's just close the door on this last decade and just really tank right uh at least with tampa when, when they tanked before it was sort of just like well they're not even here it's the pandemic like all sorts of things are going on who cares about this right let's just do it one time and then get back to what we're doing um the sad part about that is that there's like a there's like a pride there's like something that actually means something to be a raptor to play for the raptors there was an identity for that there was a scrappiness how many times do we scream never underestimate the heart of a champion before no, that it was the last Kyle Lowry over everything <laughs> you know what i mean like that that there it meant something right and and yep. you you climb to this point where you have this institutional culture right essentially heat culture but in toronto right whatever toronto culture was they existed there was a real thing it helped them propel themselves to wins because when you can look through the roster in terms of the talent across the board rappers weren't even that talented in some of those years between 2014 and 2018 they were just playing so well so cohesively and they played hard they played defense and they got themselves into winning positions because that's really what it takes. And of course they didn't ultimately win the whole thing until they got true super, 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 superstar talent like Kawhi. But like, ultimately they were still able to get success. The season afterwards was a great example of that. Kawhi walks and you still have that residue. Like if you're, if you're saying tank on these guys and, and let these guys walk away, you are now back to square one. Like you don't have any culture at that point, right? Like, I, I'm sorry, but if, if, if it's, if the culture is going to be uh, Scotty Barnes, uh, Christian Coloco, maybe OG, like that. There's, that's not, no longer culture, right? And I'm not saying that you only keep these guys around just for quote unquote culture, but this is a sort of like ethereal thing. But to me, it, it does mean something, right? The, the, what the Raptors are trying to do is take what they've done in the past, keep that spirit alive, and continue to build and add to it. And over time, you are able to then get back to that spot. But if you're saying tear it all down, I, I don't know. To me, this it's it's really really hard. You're really closing the chapter on like ten really solid years and heading back to like square one. Yeah, shout to Mississauga. No, I don't think um I don't think it's more like a like a like a tank. I think I think the front office just has to really look at this roster and evaluate who you're moving forward with, right? Who you're moving forward? Okay, with so who who, also... who are we moving forward with? Yeah, so you look at a Pascal, you look at an OG, right? I, I think Pascal OG, and and you know. You you throw Scotty in there, but you know we 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 could rewind to to July. You know, go pull up when when you know I really wanted Kevin Durant. All I'm saying is you know there there's championship windows that open when you trade for superstars. Right. Well, listen, it, but, it happened, it passed, man. By the way, the Nets on the oh, game okay. streak, Kevin Durant MVP candidate. Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, it yeah, passed. Yeah. It passed. It happened. Yeah, yeah. It's all it's it's uh, it's all good, you know. Uh, but like I I think I think those are the three, and like even even when you look at someone like Fred, you know, I think I think you have to. You have to think long and hard and ask your questions. And and I think the the one thing that the front office has to decide too is like this whole vision six nine thing, right? Like like are have they seen enough at this point that that maybe it's time to pivot to something more traditional? And like I, I don't want to just keep going back to last night and be so in the moment, but like I look at a Grizzlies team that's contending right now. I look at the way that they've been assembled, and yep. uh, you know you've you've mentioned this too. Like I look at the way that the Raptors championship team was assembled like we know this front office can build a mm -hmm. championship level team you know uh, by not you know like are you just being different for the sake of being different because is it working or not because there's clear flaws in this right now is it just a matter of bringing in a center 
or bring in a bigger guard who can like shoot and create, etc. Like, is that going to change the tenure of it? Like, I think you can still move forward with a bunch of wings on this team, but if you're really leaning into this vision, like, I think they really have to ask themselves like those those questions because like they have to look at this roster and think about how to retool it to get it back, like you said, to the standard that they've held this organization to. And I, and like I want to give this front office a chance. Like, I don't think it's anything where I'm like, oh, yeah, like course. you know, this front office has completely screwed up. Like, they're just facing a lot of tough decisions coming up, and I don't think. Mm-hmm. they were coming into the season thinking that they were going to have to make those decisions like this year yeah um and and to me that's where you 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 still do need that culture at least something around right and, and i'm not saying that the culture could be i guess anybody specifically but like most likely you need that culture on the floor right and so you know the idea of like moving on from pascal i mean for me i'm just like this is your best player you build around him no like, you don't you don't he's, move he's, on he's, from pascal but yeah. you also understand that the reality of it is, so he's under contract past next season, right? Yeah. Yep. So, and then he's he's going to be eligible probably for a Supermax. And well, if the Raptors are losing the way they are, I'm sorry, no matter what Pascal does, he's probably not going to make the All-NBA team. <laughs> Listen, man. so unfair to him. But yo, oh, you, you know who should be is. mad is uh is is OG man. This guy, I and I know he's, I know, I know sometimes like you know he's, I know he's part of the lazy plays package sometimes too. But it's like. Man, like we were supposed to make this defensive player of the year push for him. Like he, you know, he opened up, you know, in terms of like, you know, on OG terms, like this year talking more and and all mm. this stuff. And like none of that's he, he opened happen. an Instagram account. <laughs> Yo, he posted once, and I just I just want to mention, you know, shouts to Emma J Brown, but like check the Raptors record since the since OG posted on IG. Okay, all right, uh, but enough. but but like no, but like. You know, none of that's happening. Even the Pascal All-Star push, like, you know, I'm pretty certain he's going to be there. But it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's going to be like seeing LaMelo Ball get introduced, you know, as an All-Star for the Hornets. You know what I mean? Like, like here's Pascal Siakam of, of the 11th Come place uh, Raptors. <laughs> no, like, there's still going to be... But you know what I mean, though? Like, I think there was just so much excitement around these individuals coming into this year and, and around this team. And I, I honestly hope they just completely shock me and prove me wrong and, and kind of turn it around. But that just seems so, so far away right now for me. And it's not even just about stringing together, like getting a win tonight, playing for pride against Phoenix. It's like, oh, where right. has the, cons- you- no, but like, but we used to play for pride cons- against LeBron, not play for pride against uh, DeAndre Ayton, man. Come on. No, but where, where has the consistency been, right? We're 35 games into the season. They haven't won more than two in a row. Like, no, that's actually unbelievable. No, the new like last year, like three threes no, in a last game year we're counting sweet threes. Now we're <laughs> counting Raptors wins, man. Like, it, you know, it really oh, disgusts brother. me, like how far, you know, we've fallen. But like, I don't know, man. <laughs> now you quoted the know. wire unironically now. <laughs> no, I really, I really oh, don't man. know. Like, it's just, it's, it's, it's frustrating. But I, I, honestly, like the perspective is that like the front office is just being pushed now to make these decisions earlier than they need to. And I, okay, back to my point about Pascal. My thing is like, mm. okay, you, you you keep Pascal, right? Like, I think trading Pascal, like you mentioned, it seems like a ridiculous thing to do. But the re- reality of the NBA is you also have to assemble a good enough roster for Pascal to sit here and say when he's up for free agency that this is the best place for him to be. Like, I get the loyalty to the franchise. I get the comfort with this. But Pascal is a superstar level player. And he's still going to be in the midst of his prime when his contract is up. And certainly there's teams out there that can offer him better situations. So you have to start thinking about that too. 
And like mm-hmm. that was not as much of a concern coming into this season because you're like, okay, the team is on this trajectory. You know, Scotty's gonna develop. You know, the rest of the team, all this stuff. But but now all that stuff is gone. So you got to start thinking about that too. So like the front office just got a lot of questions that that they they got to figure out. And I'm sure you know Bobby's you know racking his brains you know 24 seven trying to figure it out. Well, this is one of the other questions that's starting to come in with the my mind, right? Because of the late, I'm I'm looking at Scotty and I'm seeing he's pretty successful at playing in the front court right at least offensively he's way more involved when he's playing in the front court it looks a lot easier like if you split his game last night between the first half and the second half first half he was playing point guard because he started at point guard he had he was 0 for 6 in 16 minutes had two assists two turnovers or one turnover two fouls zero points okay second half he's playing a lot more uh, you know, in the front court because the Raptors switched up their starting lineup because they put Gary in. Well, obviously, he's not a point guard, but, you know, there's a lot more Pascal with the ball in his hands. A lot more of that comeback was with two point guards on the floor was with Jeff Downton and also Malachi Flynn, which meant that Scotty was playing more in a front court position. Scotty in the second half goes 7 of 12 from the, from the field, gets six offensive rebounds, nine total, gets two assists as well, but 14 points. So to me, it was like, wow, clearly – Scotty has played better at center the last couple of games here. But if I'm looking long term and I have every after every game, you know, we're also here yelling about how the fact that the Raptors need to get a center and all this other stuff. And Scotty's position where he's successful right now is also center. And he's also a long term piece. How do you sort of balance that out? Yeah, but that's that's a big problem. It just goes back to, you know, you can spend the rest of the season kind of figuring it out, playing him at different positions. But then you also have to ask yourself, like, you know, when Scotty goes into next year, like, what's the roster going to look like? And then, like, do you have to decide where you want Scotty long term? Because that's going to dictate how you're going to build the rest of the roster as well, right? And I don't think Scotty has. I know, I know he's had good results playing at the five, but like, you know, the roster is just so in flux, and I don't think Scotty's just showing enough consistency this season for 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 the team to be able to for the front office to be able to say that yes, we want to lock him into this particular position, right? That's why it's so difficult. That's why it's so difficult. And like, listen, I know Scotty's had good stat lines this season and stuff, but like, you know, the, the you know the eye test just hasn't been has hasn't been hasn't been good man is it's just all i'm saying like i'm not what about when his eye was tested on a drive to the rim (laughs) oh man no but i'm just like not trying to throw all this like criticism again like of of, like body language it's not like that but it's not about that this is not criticism this is about balancing the roster right we can say that og and obi and pascal siakam we're happy to continue to build around them if fred hits threes again which i don't see a reason why he shouldn't are you happy Mm -hmm. to keep fred around yeah but i gotta know what the rest of the roster is like like do you have a center no no do you have a backup point guard do you have a do you have a two guard that we're gonna play? We're like, gonna worry about that. We're gonna worry about that in a second. So right now we got three spots covered, right? OG Pascal Fred. <laughs> yeah, that's Fred great. Is more man. like we a really, TBD. We really got three right? guys moving forward. <laughs> yeah, so we got three. All right, we we just yo. Need let's get Tyus Jones who can man. start for us. Let's get Santi Aldama. <laughs> <laughs> no man, we're not. Come on, man. We already have Wancho, but um, no, I, I need Santi Claus, man. Uh, yeah, so Chelsea. Is Wancho. Scotty gonna be more of your second point guard? Or is he going to be your center in that in that in that around those three? Right? Uh, I think I think, think this I think year they've tried him a lot at point guard. I don't see enough like success in that position right now to say that he's even going to be ready for that kind of role. Point guard is a much harder position to to kind this of year, next year, or even the year beyond. Like it's there's there's many steps for him to get to. Like the handles got to improve. Mem- Yo, the, remember they the tried this with scoring abilities yeah. got to improve. The 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 actual ability to use screens has got to improve. The shooting has to improve. Like there's a lot of steps to get to where it can't just be oh he has good uh, vision and he runs a good fast break that means you can be a half-court point guard or even a, a like an off-guard, right? So 
for me, that's more of a long-term development. And so if the Raptors want to go mm-hmm. long-term with this, then yeah, you you can do that. But if you want to win on Pascal's timeline, you can't be having Scotty playing guard that much. You can have him play center. However, that does leave you really small once again. Because then we're all like, okay, well, then who's going to box out Steven Adams? Or who's going to box out DeAndre Ayton tonight? Or who's going to box out whoever is... I mean, like, honestly, anybody can come in and get 10 rebounds, honestly. <laughs> right? So, you, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, it, it's about finding that balance and how this roster even fits with some of the core pieces. And if the, the core pieces don't fit, then we really got to talk about moving other things around. But right now, to me, the, the mix just doesn't look cohesive in that way Put, putting aside the fact that they're just also giving up just transition layups like every other play like obviously that's oh, yeah. not cohesive but you know no I, I think i think the two timelines is is a good call too because we've seen games this year and in this month too when the raptors had to win that scotty wasn't out there in crunch time right like we've seen the raptors play better when 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 he's on the bench so like if you're thinking about winning on pascal's timeline like you need players who can help you win now you, you no, need but players I, who... I'm gonna push back on that because in that Cleveland okay. game, like they they played really well with Scotty at center, and they they were able to 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 close out that game with Scotty at center, and he had a really nice game at center. I thought even though offensively he gave you like a nothing burger against the Sixers, uh, defensively he was able to do a really great job for you at center at times, switching out against Harden and then switching on to Embiid. Right, so I think there is a success factor that goes into that, but. Um, yeah, there will be certain matchups where, you know, it doesn't look right and you might have to go a different direction. And that's where having a diversity of skill sets on the team would really help, too. That's what I'm saying, you know? though. It's like it's like if you're really trying to uh, assemble a, a win now team around Pascal, like you have a lot of holes to fill right now. Like like there's there's just a lot and they don't need they don't need to plug all those spots now. But like the, the, the clock is the clock is like definitely ticking on this. And like. We just we wouldn't have to talk about this if they weren't fifteen and twenty, man. This is tough. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, uh, and you that's can't true. and you can't even sit here and be like, man, like, like you know, if you flip these five close losses, you know, they'd be twenty and fifty and make all these excuses for them. Like these guys are just getting run off the floor at home. Five straight losses at home now. Like we can't we can't like flip just... a quarter of the season. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. Like, yo, like, listen, if we just no, won but... a quarter of our games rather than losing them. <laughs> We'd be, no, we'd be but it's record. Like, no, yeah, but it's impossible for this team because, yeah. like, they they just they have been terrible on a lot of nights. Well, and you know who this... wasn't terrible last night? Jeff yeah, Down Jr. A... Yeah, you know it's nice. Give, give me your like, Jeff I'm Down not... thoughts, man. Give me the eye I'm test. Not on Jeff disres- Down. I'm not trying to disrespect Jeff Down and his family oh, and stuff, but on. it's like, no, it's a great performance. You know, I, I like the fact that he came in and you know provided the energy. He was part of that fourth quarter run, but again, like. I just need a better roster, man. Like, like, what okay. are we really? If if you're talking about Jeff Down and what he can do, like, what what are what role is he really filling in terms of all the questions that we're talking about right now of uh... of turning the season, etc. Right? Like, like, I think it's cool. Like, it's cool, and it's like, you know, let me ask you, man. How, how many times has the full court press worked the last two years outside of when Houston just collapsed? And didn't uh, know well, how to, obviously, how to there was a, the 30-point comeback. It helped in that one. No, yeah, I mean, but that look, was listen, like three years ago. Yeah. It's always an uphill battle. And I agree with you. It was a long time ago. It's no, always it's an uphill just, battle. And then you got to play like, both hard and smart. And sometimes I'm looking at the Raptors last night, even when they're making that comeback, so many plays that were just yo, not smart. Like, you can example, only go so far with like yeah? – You can only go so far like being gimmicky in the NBA, man. You need talent. <laughs> and you just need to beat teams of 48 minutes, man. Like, yeah. 
why why are we down 20 and running full court presses and and then taylor jenkins is just like yeah man i'm just gonna bring ja moran dylan brooks and steven adams back in and this lead is gonna be back to 20 at no point last night did it feel like the raptors were gonna make the comeback because it just felt like first of all aside from the fact that the grizzlies were just getting layups i just Mm -hmm. they they knew too all they had to do was turn it up for like a three minute stretch and they would be fine at any point (laughs) in the game and it cannot it cannot Mm. be that easy and i don't remember raptors games being that easy and like this was a grizzlies team that was coming off like back-to-back low losses and stuff but it doesn't matter we've said this over and over again this month the raptors on the schedule is the game for other teams to get right right now yeah i know it sucks man it really sucks to see this um yeah, so 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 no Jeff Down credit. Okay, that's fine. I thought he he came in. No, shows to Jeff Down, but like, how much praise do you want me to give? No, that that's enough. That's enough. We, 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 I get it. I get it. All right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, I've been your host, Willu. That's Alex Wong. You're listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. On the other side of this break, we'll be talking more about the Toronto Raptors. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Luke. To be joined on the line by Alex Long. Final show of 2022. Alex, uh, any any wrap up? Any any concluding thoughts? Any shout outs? What's going on, man? Yo, if they if the Raps lose by 30 tonight, can I come on the React Pod? Can we yeah, set yeah, a line? Abso- absolutely. You want to do more <laughs> work? S- Damn. <laughs> no, you bring know, two just... mics, man. Damn. <laughs> Jr. Yo, come to the arena two... tonight if you're listening. Bring um. Uh... Bring two mics, man. You know, I never okay. want to interrupt the Re- React Pod. It's a really sacred place. Yeah, of course, and of to course. To be honest, yeah. I don't, I don't have a lot of things to add after the game. Um, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> like, actually, in the new year, I want to do a show where you know, if you're not in, like, I'll just play clips from the React Pod from last night, and then I'll just react to them. This guy myself. wants to do That's... the React React Pod. <laughs> yeah, I think that'd be pretty sick, man. The React Pod squared, uh... but yeah, no, it's 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 been a it's been a cool year. I feel like we've been doing this show for I want to say about fifteen months now. You know, we yeah, we yeah, invented yeah. the Banter Pod this year, and like again, shouts to all the listeners who shared their Spotify Wrapped with us. You know, mm. shouts to shouts to Erica. You know, for seeing me out last Friday um, mm. after I recovered from my from my sickness. But yeah, I don't know. Do you have time. any favorite moment? Do do you have um? Do you have any other? Do you have any like specific? I mean, we did two live events this year. That was super cool. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Man. No, the two live it's, events it's were cool. super dope, honestly, because um, we were able to to raise a lot of money for charity both times. And no, I, I think just even getting to see the tangible effort of the show, and I think um, I mean even just like we've talked about this before, but just even hopping onto like a, a, like the biggest platform too in Canada and look what that means like i'm literally yesterday before the game <laughs> i'm at no frills at 7 10 okay the game was at 7 30 i was at no frills mm. in the uh in um in, in the junction and um you know i mean just like running into people who you know have uh you know watched the show and wanted to show love at the dentist people will come in and show love and that the stuff happens like a fair amount nowadays and i think that that part too is just to me. I mean, obviously, it feels good, but it's a sign of that the show is really growing and it's 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 reaching all sorts of different demographics, which is always fun to see. And and yeah, like the whole idea is to just come together around this team and listen, whether they're good or they're bad. Like we're going to be around it the whole time and we're going to cover it. I mean, last night it was so bad I didn't even write five things. I was like, nah, you get zero things. When I <laughs> no, <this."> but. <laughs> No, it's cool, man. But, uh, I remember even just yeah. even the, just the Raptors game we were at earlier this week. Like we were waiting for the elevator to go up to to you know the 600 level, and I think there was a security guard there who stopped, 
you and like yeah, told yeah, us yeah. you know how much you enjoyed the show it's, it's honestly cool just hearing the the people that check it out and listen man if the raptors are bad like we're just gonna laugh our way through it man like exactly. it's like no we'll like, pivot. like you're gonna we'll pivot the show don't worry we'll pivot <laughs> no the like show. it's it'll it'll be serious when it needs to be but it's also like man sometimes when a team is bad it's, it's, it is just kind of funny man um, does anyone want to hear uh, the metropolitan 92 react pod does anyone <laughs> yeah, want to hear by the way live pods? live air nota don't forget to throw to me at 250 for for you know a whole new game but like um, yeah of course happy happy 30th birthday to belated you know oh I, yeah, I, yeah thank you, you, know, thank you. i haven't seen you. you i mean i guess i saw you earlier this weekend i forgot to oh, say yeah. it but you know you turn 30 and, and you know like like my my goat hove says you know 30 is a new 20 um so i think you uh-huh. should definitely bump that hove 30 something you know um so welcome man we're in the we're in the same uh we're in the same decade now it's crazy bro you and i are the same age now man it's it's tough because <laughs> no, it's at, wild because after, after you turn 30 i don't care about any of the specific days i'm just worried about 40 and then 50 and after that so no yeah. as far as i'm concerned we're the same age you know it's good to be in the same club as you and um yeah man, that's I, crazy I guess, this guy in the 30 honestly, 30 club it's funny it's funny because like i was fretting like so so much heading into the birthday yeah. and then as soon as it happened as soon as that day came and i was just like oh this is so chill didn't do anything that day i literally just relaxed and yeah i've just been chilling ever since like it was not yeah i was gonna ask deal. you so the lead up to it did... was huge but yeah, yeah we, we did talk a lot about anything we did talk about like planning stuff for you for your birthday yeah, but it ended up being a chill birthday for you it was a nothing burger. I mean, literally, I got my teeth. Like, yeah. I got like a a, a tooth removed, so I literally had to just be home and just chilling and sipping only liquids uh, for like two days. So it wasn't like the th- most exciting thirtieth birthday. But honestly, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big birthday person. Like, I've, I don't yeah. think uh, I've ever had a birthday party. By the way, so damn. it's always it's also the date of it is is bad. Everyone is busy December twenty third. Not only do the Raptors always play that day, but it's also yeah. like that's the day you go in and get your last minute shopping done. You know, so I don't know. I was. I it's was a, it's at, a tough day to at... plan, man. I was at Ash's, you know, celebrating his his uh, <laughs> birthday. Um, yeah, we only okay. have one minute here. I forgot about this, but like uh, before before a whole new game. But like, uh, you know, apologies to Justin Champagny and shouts to his family as well. Uh, the Raptors waived Champagny yesterday after the game. His his mm. contract would have been guaranteed for the rest of the season on January first, which is next week. And the Raptors now have have an open spot. Um, you have something quickly on on Champagny. It seemed like he was working his way maybe into the rotation last season. Obviously, a lot of injuries and just didn't get a chance to to play with a big club this year. Yeah, no, this is exactly what I was talking about in the first half. It's just like you don't take these small chances and they're just gone. Like there's no like specific meritocracy in the NBA. He might be good enough to contribute to rotation. He it might be, might be another situation like a Utah, like an O'Shea Brissett, like an Ish Wainwright, where guys the Raptors cut ultimately end up on different rosters and end up contributing to certain degrees. But yeah, for Justin, it, it's just unfortunate injuries at certain times. Obviously, he posted that tweet, which didn't help, right? Posting free me and then the side. <laughs> oh, okay. they freed him. <laughs> um, but like, and Bobby's you never know. like, like Bobby's honestly, like bet. <laughs> honestly, you never know. Like, it could be a situation where he's like going to front office saying, like, okay, if you're never gonna play me. Sure. Like, free me, right? Like, at least I get a chance to go on another team. So, uh, I mean, look, listen, I like Justin, man. I, you know, the interactions I had with him I love cool. Justin. He, had a, he gave us a great interview last year as well. He had a really yeah. chill vibe. And, yeah, it, you know, it doesn't work out. But, you know, it doesn't mean his career is over or anything. It's just, uh, yeah, for the Raptors, they, I guess, saved some money against the luxury tax. They weren't pressed up against it. They had, like, a $5 million route gap. So, like, 800K wasn't going to make or break anything. But I think it does give them more roster flexibility. They can start making trades. If they'd make trades where they trade one player for two players, then obviously you don't have to cut anybody. There's all this other stuff that kind of factors in. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately just uh, I hope Justin finds some kind of home somewhere because I do like that kid. Uh, It's no guarantee that he's going to make it, but I I, I did like uh, the energy that he played with. Shout out to the offensive rebounds. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing when you turn 32, like a lot of these players, you just start calling them kids and stuff now. Cause, cause they're, no, they're all the kids to me, gap. man. The only guys who aren't kids on the yeah. team are Fred, Pascal, and... Uh, yeah, but Fred, and, isn't and Fred like three years younger than Thad. you? Yeah, I know, but f- yeah. come on, man. Fred got a bad back. I don't even have a bad back. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. It's different. And now... It's time for Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. The Toronto Raptors are are playing again tonight. Wow, that's exciting. Um, at home against the Phoenix Suns, the Raptors are one point favorites at home. Favorites. Basically, a pick 'em. Raptors minus one. Fred Van Fleet and Precious Achua questionable for hmm. tonight. The Phoenix Suns are without Devin Booker, who's out long term. Landry Shamit. Oh man, scary hours on Christmas. Uh, Landry Shamit, Cam Johnson. And campaign basically a pick them tonight. Do the Raptors bounce back after Nick Nurse called them out? Called the entire team out yesterday. They don't have Sham, Cam, or Cam. Damn. I don't know, man. Uh, they don't have Killer Sham. Landry Shamit, Landry Shamit, some great photos of the city of Toronto. Um, I think you can find those oh, on okay. his Instagram account. Yeah, apparently, oh, okay. he just likes to take photos. Yeah, he just went for a nighttime walk around, you know, downtown. Oh, is he at Marble some or something or Cactus Club? I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you've ever seen a photo of the CN Tower at night, um, but it's it's nice. Um, I think uh, people from Toronto might know this here or there. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, man, it's really hard to predict because you know you would like to think the Raptors just got beat. They got to come back and respond, show some pride. You know, but even if they that... do, the Suns, the Suns have a pretty talented team, even without Booker. Like, like they yeah. still have Bridges, they still have Aiton, they still have Chris Paul, and you know, there's clearly a pedigree there with this team. So I don't know which way you're leaning, but I would uh, right now go go with the Phoenix Suns. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, because again, I could be like, just like yesterday, I thought, well, the Raptors have played Memphis pretty strong of late. They've you know had a lot of games where they were able to flip, even when they were down, they were able to change their schemes and play really hard, make comebacks, give them issues with the way the Raptors like to play. They played the Suns really well last year as well. You know, Pascal's had some big games against the Suns. You know, even OG, I think in terms of their, their the small wings that Phoenix might throw out on the perimeter, I think OG could have a good game. You know, if you have Fred and Precious back in the lineup, that's going to help a lot. But to me, I just I have no idea how to predict who the Raptors are going to be. Are they going to just come out and just give up 120 points and play no defense, give themselves no chance? Or are they going to come out and, and actually, you know, play to their potential? So I'm just going to flip this coin right here. And uh, yeah, it's going to go for Phoenix as well. So that's that's the analogy oh. is what the Raptors right okay. now. You, you don't know. It's like a flip of a coin. Are they going to play hard or not? Yeah, so that was Between the Lines, brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Well, I'll see you at the arena later tonight, and just want to wish everybody uh, a happy new year. We'll be back in the studio next week. Blake Murphy, Tuesday to kick off, and then I guess I'll be there Wednesday. Yeah, all right. Um, yeah, just what Alex said, have a safe and happy new year. Enjoy it responsibly. And uh, yeah, that does it for us today. I'm your host, Will Lou, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts, and please rate and review the show. Thanks again to co-host, producer Alex Wong. Thanks to our board producer, Josh Santos. And uh, yeah, we'll be back to talk to you next week.